I'm Kier from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to another Better Podcasting live chat. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say SP is here this week. I might be affected by some stain fumes still that are leaving my system right now. Oh, stain fumes. Does that mean that, uh, isn't there a song? Never mind. I was going to make a joke. I think there's a song called Stain or a band called Stain, but we'll just leave that alone. Uh, we are here to talk about random podcast musings. If you didn't know this, uh, we do every other week do this show here, which is just the random live chat. It's raw. It's real. And you can find that at betterpodcasting.com unless, you know, I am so busy I forget to post it for two weeks. But that does happen from time to time. However, today we're going to kick it all off with SP because he wants to tell us about how he dumped baggage. I did. I, you know, how sometimes you go to the airport and then you take a flight and then you land and you don't have your baggage with you. That's kind of what happened last weekend. I took a flight for the weekend. Not literally. We're talking figuratively here. I, you know, I took the weekend trip and, and again, figuratively, not literally. It was the weekend. And at the end of the weekend, I was without a service that I've had for years, and that is Spreaker. I finally got rid of Spreaker, deleted my account because that's what they make you do. They make you delete the account when you're no longer wanting to pay for it. So I did that, and I did it for a couple of reasons. Nobody listens to audio-only stream anymore. I had been without it for about a month and a half. I wanted to go throughout June, but nobody had commented on it, so I'm like, okay. The only reason I'm keeping the service is for anybody that wants to listen to the audio only stream. And we've been streaming Gonna Geek and Better Podcasting on YouTube, on Twitch, on Mixer, and Legends of Shield YouTube. And that seems to be where our audience wants to get us. So it seemed a little silly for me to be paying $20 a month for a standard account on Spreaker. The only reason that I might have wanted to do that is if I wanted to do any test shows that I could do them on Spreaker before eventually migrating them somewhere else because they do have the 500 hour limit there for that plan. And that was another reason that I didn't want to keep that account because I do have an account with Pinecast. I'm grandfathered into the $5 a month uh, account there. So there just seemed no reason for me to keep the Spreaker account. And like the service, just nobody was listening to us through there. Nobody was listening to me through there. And it was more expensive than I needed to. And with Pinecast, there is no limit to the back catalog that I can have on board. So those are the reasons why. What do you think, Stephen? Um, I think this was a sensible decision for you, mostly because you don't do a pirate podcast, because that's what I'm assuming the extra R is in Spreaker. I'm assuming that that's only for pirate podcasts. That would be cool. All pirate <laughs> podcasts have got to go arg on Spreaker, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. Uh, we have had a couple people who have checked it out here and there um, with the live streams that we do. 
I know that we've had some people who have only been able to listen to the audio only feeds, but we don't have enough. I, I haven't seen enough. I, I think that it's a sen- sensible for you to put that money elsewhere, particularly in my pocket. Well, let's be honest. A lot of money has transpired to from me to your pocket true, over the true. years. Yeah, yeah, fair so, enough. So yeah, we've we've been down that road before. But I just did, I didn't have any podcasts hosted there. All the RSS feeds were redirected years ago, or at least a year and a half ago, probably two years ago, maybe three years ago, to my actual RSS feeds. So there's just no reason to have it. Um, The other thing that I wanted to mention in regards to sort of the streaming process is I think if you're going to set up yourself as like a a streaming podcast, you should really, really look at whether you want to be audio or video, because if you are wanting to do it as primary audio streaming for people, then it, it makes sense for people to go and and pay for something like Spreaker or what's that other one, Mixler, so that you've got that dedicated feed that is easy for people. But if you are leaning towards doing some video at all, I think you might as well go all in on that because then you're only focused on one one type of stream every single week so that it does end up being one less thing that you have to worry about every single week. It's hard to do a live stream. It's it's a lot of extra work. Here we were lucky because I took care of the video streams. You took care of the audio. But like when you're doing Legends of Shield, you're having to focus on both set up the video stream and the audio stream. And it's just one more thing on your plate. So live streaming being a sort of difficult thing in itself I think it's worthwhile to pare that down where you can. Yeah. And in our terms, in our audience's uh, lexicon, nobody knows what Spreaker is anymore. If I wanted to do an audio only stream, I would probably do it in Discord. That would probably where I would send the audio. I could do it mm. the exact same way and we'd probably get more out of it. And it is zero cost to us yeah. because uh, Discord server is, is uh, free. Now, I do pay for the Nitro, the $4.99 Nitro, but you know, yeah, I could easily get rid of that and, and do it for free. And there are reasons why I do the Nitro. It, it mainly has to do with I like my little uh, uh, pictures that you can take and, <laughs> and put in different servers. Hey, uh, we stream this live. If you didn't know that, that's why it's called Better Podcasting Live Chat. Uh, we stream it live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And in the chat, the wonderful, the fantastic Bangs Naughty Bits, he is asking a good question. He goes, any chance Google had anything pointed to Spreaker? It's been a while since you mentioned your former Google discovery. You should take a second to mention that now. Uh, the fact that I went into Google Podcast Manager and noticed that all the feeds were pointed to the right place. No, I was talking about, I think it was a year ago where you, when Google was first kind of coming forward and you saw their indexing Spreaker in Google Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that is when I transferred the RSS feeds. I used to have two RSS feeds. I thought the live shows I could keep on Spreaker and then... I would get rid of them as I would publish an actual show on my regular feed. And honestly, my audience didn't care for that. They just went for the the long-term RSS feed. So I redirected all of the feeds 
from Spreaker to my permanent RSS feeds on Libsyn or wherever they are. And so, no, I had no RSS feeds that were permanent on Spreaker. Uh, you could go to Spreaker. You could find the live episodes if I had not published the episodes yet. But honestly, I could do that quite as easily over on YouTube, too, which is where most people would uh, want to go to see the back content because all of my streaming, at least, and this might not be the way that you run because I know a lot of our audience does not do video, but if I'm going to do video, well, then that is a good way to get the live show is over on our YouTube channel at geekcom slash YouTube. It's not meant to be a promotion. It's just that's where they all are. So if you want to see my shows that's where to go get them you can put your live shows on there as well if you go through uh youtube if you are streaming through discord like i just mentioned before which i know a lot of our audience does then you would have to put that audio somewhere where they could come get it all right let's take a left turn here hard left turn in our chat we got suncast asking an interesting question and it's do you think this pandemic will officially kill off podcast conferences I, I was go. thinking about that just before we went on. I, I wonder what spurred his his question here. It's a good question. Um, I have to say, I, I don't think so, because I think at some point we are going to get back to the situation where people are having conferences in conventions in other means. I think that's going to come back. Um, we might see things a little bit different for a while, but I think at some point that will come back. People will become a little bit more comfortable We've said it before, in our opinion, podcast conferences are they're ways for people to plug their their stuff and they're about the money. So it's you see this in so many other ways that people go and they spend obscene amounts of money to hear somebody give the same speech they gave three days in a row uh, and three days in a row before that and before that. And so as long as someone's able to successfully hawk their service, why why would it go away? Yeah, as long as people are going to pay for it, of course they're going to keep doing it. I was now I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, so it's not one individual event. But today, as I was looking through some stuff, I saw some Podfest notifications from Chris Kermistos, who runs Podfest or was one of the the I don't know what to call it conference runner, showrunner, whatever of of Podfest, which is down in Florida. And I have thought about going down there because it's in February. It's a nice early spring break uh, respite from the cold Midwest place. And and Disney is nearby. And, and I do like Disney World. I, I do. So even as this old man, I would love to go to Disney. So I would just make it into a big vacation trip. And of course, there's Cape Canaveral there. So I, I could conceivably do some rocket science work there. Anyway, I've been thinking about going down there. I was thinking about going down there this year. I'm glad I didn't because of everything that happened. Uh, next year, I might go down. Anyway, I saw a notification. I was like, I wonder when this is going to start back up because a lot of the big conferences have been canceled for this fall already. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I, I don't know if New York Comic-Con has been canceled or not. That's in October. But you're going to see a lot of these because... Uh, with those in the hundreds of thousands, you've got the con crud. Literally, that's what it's called, con crud. And I don't think there's any way that you could have a big event like that with the pandemic ongoing unless the pandemic was squashed. So I just don't see it. Now, a smaller conference, maybe. 
Uh, I was, I've been thinking about putting together a presentation, Stephen, and, we, and we've talked about this off and on, specifically dedicated for the hobby podcasters. And they might want to go to that, and then they might want to leave the conference. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Um, the other thing I think is important with conferences to consider is that um, egos like to be inflated. <laughs> people love to have their egos inflated. And this is some of the ways that people do inflate those egos is by going and um, leaning on that. So they go and they they finally ha have their speech at this podcast conference. And now they're like, ah, look at that. I'm a podcast conference speaker. And then they use that to leverage to the next thing. And they go, look, now I've hosted a panel and I charge for it. And they, they just, you know, they use it as a springboard sometimes for their own. Basically. I don't know, elevating themselves purposes. And so I think you see that not just in podcasting, that's all over the place, but it definitely happens in podcasting, too. And so that just seems to be the way and the nature of many of these business type conferences is that people do use it as a springboard or a way for them to uh, inflate their ego. So I don't see that going away. I do have a bias, though, and okay. I don't think we've ever talked about this or discussed it on the better podcasting space. Matter of fact, I don't think I've ever talked about it in podcasting at all, even in the outtakes of Legends of the Shield. So I was thinking about it the last couple of weeks and this whole stay at home order of the pandemic, I in the quarantine, whatever you want to call it, I have not been bothered by it at all. I, I just have been living life as normal. I like to stay at home. I like to uh, do my hobbies and and that's it. You know, I go to work and and I don't need that socialization. And I, I, I don't know what I was listening to. I was listening to some podcasts and they were talking about. Uh, the need for socialization. Maybe it was, uh, it, it was a combination of things, but I watched CBS more, I forget what it's called, CBS Sunday morning. And they were talking about the virtual cocktail hour, right? Where, where people, the bars are closed or have been for a while. And, and people would have these virtual cocktail hours because they're used to going out and, and meeting somewhere after work and having that social interaction. And uh, a lot of people are just used to going out on the weekend and having that social interaction and they need that. I don't need that. That's something that's different from me than everybody else. I've never understood having to get out in the midst of all these crowds. It just doesn't do anything for me. And if anything, I, it's not like I'm afraid of them, but I'm like, I could do without all these crowds for all the reasons that crowds are nasty. And I just don't care about it. But I, I never realized this is something that is inherently ingrained in most of society that they have to get out and socialize. And then when we're talking about these podcast conferences, you're talking about a bunch of podcasters that are inherently social distancing because they're working from home or they're not going out for the most part. I, I realize that some people do that for their work and they go to work and podcasts, whatever. But for the most part, podcasters just are alone and they don't get that social interaction and maybe podcast conferences are a way for them to get it. But if you're going to the podcast conference to get something out of it and you don't have the income to sustain going through your podcast, then maybe you should concentrate on making your podcast better so that if you wanted to monetize, you can then pay for that 
trip to the podcast conference. I, that's just the way I think. And I don't think in terms of that social interaction, which is, I guess, a big thing of the conference. So if you want to party with a bunch of people that are stay at home inherently, go ahead. But if you want to party with people that like to get out and party, there are better ways to do that. Uh, Liberty Dude in the chat had an interesting comment. He goes, but don't you think to get the crowds back, the conference organizers will pass over the smaller podcasters and bring the big show talent and production staff for the name recognition? Um, I think it depends on what you define as big show talent. I would be really interested. My personal thoughts would be to see a um, comparison of what what the speakers and I guess the people who are presenting at the big conferences, what the names are and how many of them cross over with the other conferences. I have never done like a big deep delve into that, but I see a lot of the same names and a lot of them are the ones that are just hawking their services or whatever. And and they're drawing crowds because people are, for whatever reason, wanting to go. So I think it'll just be a matter of what people's mind shift is afterwards if they're still interested in going and seeing these sort of people or they do want that bigger name. You're not getting, though, like there would be really no there would be no reason, say, for Joe Rogan to go to do this because Joe Rogan is not somebody there to talk to other podcasters, right? Unless it's in his contract with yeah, Spotify. Fair enough. But I'm saying like his demographic is not podcast creators. And who is it that goes to podcast conferences? Podcast cast creators. So that's that's like I, I go, where is where is the line of a big name? And I think what it comes down to is is a it would a big name for a podcast conference is generally somebody who is has a history of helping other podcasters. Maybe I know there's been exceptions. We've seen other people come and give, you know, big, I think Kevin Smith do something before. Um, but I, I just, I don't see it. There is only one podcast conference that is remotely capable of bringing in the money in order to pay for big names to give keynote, uh, uh, keynote, uh, addresses. And, that is podcast movement. And that was Kevin Smith that you were talking about. Although I think Kevin Smith was just there to, to speak. I don't think he got paid for it, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, and that was the Chicago podcast movement. I forget what year that was. It was three, maybe four years ago. I, I don't remember the year, but that podcast movement was strategically placed the week of 4th of July. And the week of 4th of July, I spend with my family at the lake every year. So there was no way that I was going to be able to get to go to that conference. I was very, very angry at the time because it was close enough. I could drive to, and they just scheduled it at a time that there was no way that I could actually go to it. I almost went to the first podcast movement because it was in Texas and I know some people in Texas. So I thought, Hey, I, I might do this, but I decided not to. That was a different conference of podcast movement. The first one than it is today. It is very much industrialized. It's a big party for everybody to get together. Uh, and they do have some keynote, some big name keynotes, but you're not going to get those big names. You're not going to get Joe Rogan. You're not going to get Tim Ferriss. You're not going to get those big names, Dan Carlin, at any other podcast conference. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't think that. However, that all said, 
If you want to experience that sort of thing, they have these events every other week in New York, and that's the New York podcasting, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, society or or whatever. And and it's self congratulatory. They get together, they pat each other out of the back, they they think big deep thoughts, and they think podcast industry, and it's New York, and they own the industry and that sort of thing. But those happen quite a bit, and big names do go to there, big names in the industry. But it's more one-off. It's not really a conference. It's it's more, okay, we're having this this deep thought session, and then they have a bunch of people come in, and they have a, a panel. And so that's, that's what's done there. But for the most part, I don't think we're at the point. There was one podcast conference. Can't remember the name of it. It was Up Your Way. It was in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Do you remember the yeah, name of it? Yeah, I was on the tip of my tongue. That's why I interrupted you. Now I forget it. Um, it was a uh, podcast conference dedicated it was canceled, to the. Though. Yes, after two years, dedicated to the fans of podcasts, but it was more like the fans of audio um, narratives, audio stories, and not necessarily towards the. Uh, fans of of big name podcasts that have millions and millions of listeners. It was the evolution of what eventually could be like the San Diego Comic-Con for podcasts, but it never materialized. So you're not going to get those big names that I talked about, Dan Carlin, Tim Ferriss, or Joe Rogan at a conference, unless you have something like that. And there just is not anything like that. I could see pot Spotify actually organizing something in New York. I agree. I think that that's probably the next evolution is, uh, if Spotify continues, is them putting something together. I don't think that's surprising. We saw iHeart do stuff with their awards and bill it however um, incorrectly they wanted to. And um, I think that we'll, we'll see that sort of thing happen. Uh, let's talk quickly here uh, as I look at the time and notice we're, you know, about half hour in. Uh, you were mentioning that there were some new features with some hosts that you had looked into and you wanted to mention i did i teased it i believe last uh, numbered episode for better podcasting on 226 there were three actually four podcast media hosts that i wanted to talk about of what they're doing there are podcast hosts out there that are making improvements and they're changing their service you have transition transistor excuse me not transistor transistor which is developing a new interface on both their app and their desktop. You had Buzzsprout, which I have not heard a lot about Buzzsprout recently, but I remember when we first started Better Podcasting, Buzzsprout was always in the lexicon. Well, they've done a ton of updates. They've added new transcription options. They've added the ability to automatically list yourself into several podcast directories, including Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Deezer, Listen Notes. And I'm not sure exactly because it was worded weirdly in their announcement on Buzzsprout.com, but it was Pandora. And I don't know if that means an instant get into Pandora or maybe you are in Pandora and we can translate your listing back to Buzzsprout. I wasn't sure about that. You could do automatic or improved interaction and embeds with Twitter and Medium, which I've never had an interaction with Medium, but apparently they have one on Buzzsprout. And they did mobile interface enhancements, smart link sharing. And then this is trademark, by the way, and it's $6 a month extra. 
but you can do something they call magic mastering, which is your audio doesn't sound just great, so we can make it better for $6 a month. So Buzzsprout has integrated all of that. Captivate, which is a UK-based host, Captivate, they had two statistics updates, one on May 14th, 2020, and it was introducing unique listener analytics. And then about a week later, eight days later, on May 22nd, they announced their IAB certification. So they were definitely doing a lot into statistics updates, which doesn't surprise me considering some of their board members are people that know the industry and would know that IAB certified statistics are a must for any podcast media host moving forward in the future here. So those were all podcast media host companies that specifically are there to uh, host your media, host your podcast episodes as you publish them. There was another announcement by Amazon, basically, and they want to increase their podcast production through Audible, which Stephen, do you remember? And I don't remember the exact date, but do you remember that we ran a news story about Audible cutting most of their podcast staff about a year ago? For the audio listener, I'm staring upwards, stroking my beard, thinking that if I had if I had a sound effect of going down memory lane and a pre, you know, produced clip, we could go to that. But I don't, so we'll just use our imagination. I can't even do the because it's not really right. Right. But yeah, they, they announced that they were going to create a lot of audible originals, I believe is what they termed it in the article, which is audible is owned by Amazon. So they want to get back in the podcasting business, but they just almost decimated their podcast production staff last year. So I'm scratching my head over that one going, okay, make up your mind guys, just because Spotify is doing it. Now you guys want to do it too, until they figure out they can't make any money on it and then they'll retract, or maybe they will make money on it now. I don't know. It's all money-based for companies like that though. So not really a podcast media host service, although they do have the Amazon a three services, but this is about their podcast creation. So there's that. And then we've already talked about it. My Spreaker news of nothing's changed with Spreaker that I know of. It's just one doing anything for me anymore. And uh, if I was using Spreaker as a primary host, I wouldn't have had any problems with it other than the 500 hours of hosting. Uh, we had a couple things come up on our Discord that I thought I would mention. Uh, we had Aurelia Pod say with me, SP. Aurelia Pod. Actually, it's Adventures in in Aurelia. Yeah, but it was at it's at Aurelia Pod on Twitter. At okay, Aurelia Pod on Twitter. Uh, he says, "Quote: This is why you gotta join the Gunna Geek Discord." Once I heard the episode and realized I forgot to include my source email on the at Podbean.com working on IAB certification, I hopped right in to add it. End quote. And this is uh, in reference to the last uh, Better Podcasting proper that we did. Uh, what episode was that? Episode ooh, 226. Um, we mentioned that it looked like um, Bodbean was there was rumors that they were looking to get certified and he did go and he actually did uh, post. There was a screenshot right from Podbean that he uh, he did provide in our Better Podcasting channel. Um, it looked like it was email, an email. 
And it was email. It was email. Okay. Yeah. And it said, quote, dear podcaster, we're excited to announce that Podbean is undergoing the compliance process from IAB te- Tech Lab for Podcast Measurement. This will certify the that Podbean's hosting statistics and dynamic ad insertion platform are adhering to IAB Podcast Measurement Technical Guidelines, end quote. I think this is good. I've said it for a while. I like Podbean um, for a long time. Chris Farrell, our uh, co-host on the Gunna Geek show and also uh, former guest host on this show. Well, not this show, Better Podcasting. He has used them and has had a lot of success. And I think they've got a good price plan and they've been around a long time and they've shown that they have done the right things overall to keep evolving. I think they do have some room for improvement still with a couple areas. But overall, uh, I think they're a really affordable option. And I would love to see them have that check mark in their book. I think that would be really big. I agree. It's going to be, a, I think I mentioned it before when we talked about it. I think it's the right move for Podbean. The one issue that I have with this is we both tried to confirm it and we couldn't. I searched for it after Damien actually dropped this in our discord and he dropped it because we couldn't confirm it anywhere else. I looked again, specifically, I looked into Podbean's very own blog. Yeah, they have not at the at time of the, I was looking at it last night. They had not actually uh, published anything on Podbean on their blog about the IAB certification. So the only way that you would have known that they were looking at IAB certification is if you were on their email list, which they do have an email list. Mostly, you're if you're a customer, you get on their email list, but uh, they do have an email list and. Um, I signed up for it, but it's mostly uh, for blog notifications. I just thought of something. Yeah. Have we ever seen another media host go out and post? Could it be a restriction? I've seen people communicate it on podcasts. Yeah. I've seen uh, pod news run articles based off of conversations. I've seen emails. I've seen it in channels. Have we ever seen anything officially on a website? Yeah, you're right. It could be a limitation of going through the process. I could be you wrong. Can't, you can't officially write anywhere that you're going through the process, but you could talk about it all you want. Yeah, I wonder. I can see that. I wonder. Uh, I could be wrong, but it could just be an oversight with yeah. everything going on. Uh, Podbean, as far as I know, is not a, an American or Canadian-based company. I, I believe it's a Chinese-based company. They might have some issues there. I don't know. I know they have American staff that are based here in America. Marco. But I don't know anything more about any uh, any limitations that they have on that sort of stuff. But yeah, we have confirmed through their email that they sent to Damien that Podbean is going under IAB certification. So we'll call that confirmed. You know, and usually when you're talking about confirmation, you want two independent sources, but we'll just go with this. You know what? what? They started the email says, Dear Podcaster. I'm going to assume that they were writing that specifically to Damien to give to us. Like, I think that this email is specifically for you and I. I think that's what this was. But they better podcaster. It was dear, just dear podcaster. They were talking to us. They just left out the better. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, we did have a little bit of back and forth on that. Um, And uh, Waffle says we forgive you because Damien did apologize. So. (laughs) Say, I had something that I ran into 
In November of 2019, on episode 206, we talked about this new service called PEX, P-E-X. Do you remember that? Yes, we made a joke, not the the Pipex. I think that's how we opened the Better Podcasting, if I remember correctly. Right. So the story, if I remember correctly, was that they released a... Uh, press release on October 24th, 2019. I'm actually reading it from our our show notes from back then about what the service was. Basically, what they do is they can go into massive amounts of audio and then tag copyrighted content. The big thing about that is they could tag music copyrighted content, but basically anything that you want to go ahead and copyright, you can go ahead and do that. And they can identify it so that you can then take action of whatever legal variety that you want to on it. Well, they uh, dropped a tweet on May 19th, which I found, and it basically said that they dug through 32.4 million unique podcast episodes. They actually gave it down to the actual episode number, but 32.4 million. Four excuse me, 5.4 million of those contained at least 10 seconds of music of any kind. So basically they're saying we went through 32 million podcast episodes. We saw 5.4 million of those had music that lasted 10 seconds. So if you want to identify, hold on, that's not what they said. They said this contained at least 10 seconds of music. They didn't say it lasted 10 seconds. They said it consisted of 10 seconds. There's an important differentiation. I'm I'm trying to go through the article that we quoted back then because it was a ridiculously short amount of time that they could identify. I want to say it was 2.5 seconds, but I think it was shorter than that. So, yes, they're they're saying that those episodes contain at least 10 seconds of music of any kind. They're not saying that's illegal. It's not saying it's copyrighted, but they're just saying we can go through all of this. We can identify this amount of music. And then if you cross reference that with a library of maybe your copyrighted music that we have in our library, then we can go ahead and then notify you of that. So it was it was pretty ingenious tweet saying basically, hey, look, this is what we can do. I have no idea how successful that they are in their business model. This might be an issue <laughs> like nobody's paying for their service, but they should because this is a, a very unique way. And it, they don't say where they go to get all of the episodes. They don't say they're going through the Apple podcast directory. They don't say they're going through Spotify or anything. They have gone through 32.4 million unique podcast episodes and identified 5.4 that might be problematic. It's nine seconds. That's nine seconds. The nine seconds. And then if you count the intro, that brings it way past 10 seconds. How ridiculous is that? It contained at least 10 seconds. That's stupid. Absolutely stupid. Does that really feel that long? No. Like, it's such a snaky tweet. No, but right. But it doesn't matter. Like, the whole thing about podcasters has always been, oh, you can play, you can um, uh, play four seconds of music and you're okay under copyright laws. No, no, you're not. This is saying, and YouTube has done this for a long time, but this is saying in podcasting, 
This could be interesting. So this is a story that I wanted to mention for hobby podcasters last November. And this continues on to this day, this capability. And if anybody wants to go after, and it's not just music, they can go after copyrighted audio content at any time. Uh, anything that's that's important, that's audio, that somebody can slap a copyright on and, and you play it without getting permission, then you're at fault for whatever legal action that they want to take. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just think it's a little silly because it's, it's, it's almost presented in a way like it should be something revolutionary. And it's kind of like, to me, very similar to the whole Oh, there's so many millions of podcasts in iTunes. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's trying to be more than it is. Well, right. But this is their business. They go around taking stuff and then they report on it. This is this is your investigator. If you have copyrighted content and you notice that somebody else is playing like like, for instance, our theme music. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have legally obtained it from Pod 5. We're using it underneath the licenses that we have acquired, but we have noticed it popped up in various other yeah. commercials, and other people have said, oh, I heard your theme music. Which, by the way, thanks, Suncast. I think you found a couple different spots. <laughs> well, thanks, Suncast, for that, too. <laughs> and a couple other people yeah. have gotten back to us as well on that. Say that was our music. And we had not given permission for it to be in other places or maybe even on better podcasting. Now they can notify us of that music and say, hey, you might want to go talk to them. That's what the service is. I don't care about these numbers. I care about their ability to find that wherever it is. Well, we shall see what happens in the future with it. Uh, another thing that I just want to mention here was um, we had Josh listen, bring something up in our chat today over on Discord. Uh, and he goes, a podcast I've been listening to for years has started putting out episodes where some of their voices are phasing down a quarter octave. It sounds to me like they have a mismatch between their project sample rate and the recording sample rates of each speaker. I've reached out many times over the past eight to nine years with little tech with little tech or sorry, with little technical tips and their sound. And their editing has never been tweaked or improved. How many chances do you give a podcast to become more listenable before you unsubscribe? I will say, uh, rereading that, I will say now's the time. Now's the time. If it's been eight to nine years and it's still grinding on you, call it. Uh, I, I kind of missed the eight to nine years when I responded. The other thing that I was going to bring up, and this is why I wanted to talk about it today, I was saying it sounds like they're phasing down an octave. Um, could they be intentionally doing it? I once podcast with the guy I've shared it on the on this show before. He intentionally pitch shifted and he lied about it. And I know he lied because of the fact that the series events when week one, he complained that he didn't like how nasally he sounded. Three weeks later, he commented that he had a voice pitch shifter. A week after that, all of a sudden, he sounded a little bit more bassy and very distorted. And then he he denied when we said, don't use that. He denied that he used it. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. Two plus two does not equal five. Uh, so anyways, um, people are very, very, uh, I guess they hate sometimes their voice. I, I don't know why you podcast if you totally hate your voice. But but some people do, and they sometimes think that the pitch shift is the way to go. And I was wondering if maybe that's what it was. 
And if that was what it was, and you've taught, you've tried to reach out to them and they haven't responded, and it was intentional, then even putting the eight to nine years aside, if you know it's intentional, then again, make the decision right now because there's no amount of waiting that's going to change that if it's an intentional decision. Yeah, fortunately, this oh, never you happened. Suck. You yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, this is what Steven's talking about. I just did it to Steven right now. It wasn't me before, by the way, but I was not on the show that Steven's talking about. So I never had to deal with that personally. But if I had dealt with and and honestly, when I first did it to wing, he brought it up every time he's like dude you need to turn that down and i turn it down i turn it down and i turn it down and then i cranked it again like in the middle of the show he's like yeah something happened with your audio so yeah um don't try to fool your producer your producer will figure it out (laughs) or at least call you on it because they are actually producing the audio or your listeners will there be like you can't listen to them because his base is too low or, or whatever. So just be gentle. A, a, a little twist goes a million times in terms of EQ, and you just got to be really careful with it. And the best thing to do is to not fool around with it at all, have everything in neutral, and have whoever's producing it in post do something with it. You want to be listenable, you want to be understandable. But uh, yeah, as far as Josh's, I got to that eight or nine years and that's why I posted what I did in response to him, because I'm like, if they're not open to taking your advice, then it's a lost cause. You should probably, I didn't mention this in the discord, but you should probably just call it quits. I know he's talked about this before with me and he said, but I really, really, really like their content. Well, okay, then you're really, really, really going to have to suffer through the audio if they're obviously not receptive to whatever criticism that you are giving them. Um, I have a different method that we should apply instead of your base thing. It's this. I think that, that that's far better than see, you know, I can do on the I can do on the fly effects to SP. There you go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just in the mixer. You just turn up the treble in, in this case uh, and, and then turn down the bass. I mean, I could do that. I'll, I'll do it right here while I'm talking. I'm turning down the bass. I'm turning up the treble. I'm turning up the treble, turn down the mid. So, yeah, you, you can. it's not like the, the squeaky chipmunk voice, but you can definitely fool around with it. And no, I don't like doing it. I like keeping my voice in one spot. Is, do I actually have to edit this show now? Is it going to be reflected on your track or am I going to have to actually go and insert that? No, that is recorded. That okay, is good. How it's, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so my audio goes from my 286 into my Mackie Pro FX 16 V2. And that is where I was screwing around with it. And then from there, it goes out into my recorder. Cool. Post FX. Well, I think that's going to take us towards the end of this episode. Uh, Thanks for coming by the Better Podcasting live chat. It's always fun. Uh, If you have questions you want us to answer, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can always come to the live chat as well and ask them. It's always fun. Uh, If you want to ask us other questions or get in touch with us through other ways, come to uh, betterpodcasting.com slash discord and ask us over there too. Also, I would personally recommend 
that if you love the television show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you should check out the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. It's the podcast that SP does. Uh, he does it with several different co-hosts, Michelle Ely, Lauren, as well as Haley. They are doing the final run of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, I just watched that episode last week. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to hear you guys talk about the last season um, because it's been a while since we've waited for, for this. 42 weeks in between seasons. And honestly, the showrunners have come out and said the show really ended after season five yeah. and uh, season six and seven are just bonus packs. Uh -huh. As a fan, what better thing that you could do to get out of a television show or a movie series is all of a sudden the creators say, yeah, the, the story was done, but we just wanted to give you something a little extra. You know, with movies, it's often like money based. Like, yeah, we can cash in again. But they're not just cashing in. They actually created a whole new arcs that are still within the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Marvel Comic Universe. And it's just fun to go through. And it'll be sad to see the show go later on this fall. But after podcasting about that show for seven years, it'll be nice to move on to something else. And... and Okay, this is getting beyond the show, but let's just say that there's suspicions that it wasn't the show that was giving the fans extra time. It was Disney with their big fist. Their, their very yeah, heavy fist. I, I, well, the showrunners said, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and give you some more. I mean, if you ever want to work for Disney again, do you say no? <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. So, so they said they were going to go ahead and do it, and they've done it, and I think they've done pretty well having come to the conclusion of their original envisionment of the show. So on that note, for episode nine of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying thanks for checking out this show and check out all the other awesome shows at gunnageek.com. I'm SP saying I hope you guys have a great couple of weeks until we come back with this show, but we'll be back next week with episode 227 on our main feed. We'll see you guys. Bye. Better Podcasting Prime. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.